everybody, and thank you for joining us here today for worship at Mount Pleasant. I'm so glad that you are here with us. And thanks for tuning in online. We're so glad that you're connecting with us uh, and, and, and being here with us online. We are looking forward to the time that you are ready to come back and join us in person. Several years ago, some students at my wife's school that she teaches at, elementary school, they started a club. And I don't know if you've ever been a part of a club. I can think back and remember the club that I joined in elementary school. All the kids got to choose to be a part of a club, and they could choose anything. They had everything. They had baseball club and baseball card club, karate club, book club, you name it, they had it. Now, I don't know why, but for some reason, this is just a part of my story, I chose mime club. Yes, you heard that right. I chose mime club. You know, the one where you're supposed to not talk and just use your hands and communicate that way. That's what I chose. I thought it was kind of cool. I enjoyed it for a while until, until every person in mime club had to come to school one day dressed like a mime. You know, with the face painted white and the black lips and eyes and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I, I wasn't about that. That's not what I thought I had signed up for. I hated being a part of mime club when I actually had to be a mime. Now, anyways, these kids at my wife's school, they started this club because their after-school program got canceled, and so they wanted to start their own club. And they did, and they, they made t-shirts and yard signs, and they started selling these things for profit, and they would give back to local organizations. Maybe you've seen them before. Their club was called the Just Be Kind Club. Here's a picture of one of the signs that you can see on the screen. I don't know if you've seen that before, but Just Be Kind. That was their message, and it was simple. They just wanted to see people, more people, being kind to each other. I think I'd join that club today if I could. It's simple, right? Maybe not always. Maybe not for all of us. You see, kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit, which means that we will see kindness in our life when the works of the Holy Spirit are evident inside of us. When the Holy Spirit is working inside of us, active in our lives, living through us, then naturally, kindness will be displayed as a part of who we are. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Kindness, what that looks like. You see, last week we started this new series called My Golden Resolution. And it's based on this key verse that Jesus said from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. He said, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. If we're going to make any New Year's resolutions this year, let's make it a golden one. You see, this is called the golden rule. Israel used to have a thing called the silver rule. It had actually been around for a long time. The silver rule was don't do anything to someone you wouldn't want done to you. Just pretty simple, right? If I don't want to be slapped in the face, then I shouldn't slap other people in the face. But the golden rule, Jesus takes it to another level. He says, do to others what you would want them to do to you. Now it's proactive, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. That's, that's our resolution. That's what we're looking at, to treat people the way we want to be treated. That's where kindness comes in. We would all want people to be kind to us. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. We would like for people to treat us kindly. So therefore, we have to treat other people with kindness as well. It's not a difficult concept, right? 
It's pretty simple, but for some reason, for some reason, so many of us mess this up. For some reason, we expect people to be kind to us. We expect that, but we don't always offer kindness to the people around us. Proverbs 11 says this, Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. So here's what I want you to think about as we start this conversation. Are you a kind person? Now, I don't know how you'd answer that, but maybe the best thing that you could do right now is to look at the person next to you. I don't know where you're watching this, if you've got people with you, if somebody's in your living room. Just look at the person next to you and have them answer that for you first. Like, what do they think about your kindness level? Now, seriously, go ahead. I'm giving you permission. If you need to call somebody mean in this moment, it's okay. Let's, let's get it out on the table, right? See if they have an opinion on your kindness level. Remember, we all would want to be treated with kindness. We do. So we need to treat other people with kindness as well. So are you a kind person? Would that be how you character rise yourself? Is that something that you would say is true about you? You probably know whether you are or you aren't. I think we all generally know what kindness is, but to put us all on the same page, the definition of kindness is this. It's the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Let me say that again. It's the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Kindness is a quality. It's a distinctive attribute or characteristic about you, but what we have to understand is that kindness is something that you express, right? Again, this is generally expressed in the works of the Holy Spirit in your life, but even more than that, we know that kindness is a byproduct of the Spirit working in you, but we are also told, we are told in Scripture to be kind. Paul commanded the church in Ephesus this, in Ephesians 4.32, he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind to one another. That's the command, that's the challenge, and that's where we're going to spend some time today. So I've got three really important, but I think also really practical ways for you to be kind to people. And I think that, I believe that if you were to do these things, if you were to begin to make these a part of your life, then you would begin treating people intentionally the way that you would also want to be treated with kindness. So let's get started. Here's my first idea. So we have to be kind with our thoughts. Be kind with your thoughts. Now, let's be honest for a minute. We all have negative thoughts about other people. This is so hard to avoid. We can be judgmental and we can let... Our opinions shape unkind thoughts about others in our minds. Why is this dangerous? Why, why would we talk about this? Here's why. Because no one really knows about it. Your thoughts are exactly that. They're your thoughts. No one can break in. No one can steal them. No one uh, can look at you differently for what happens inside of your mind. And so often, we never think twice about the thoughts that we have. There's an issue here. In fact, it was something that Jesus spoke about directly to the religious elite in his time. You see, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, many people viewed them as the ones who had it all together. From the outside, they had reached the pinnacle of the faith. And everyone admired them in religious 
view. But (laughs) Jesus, he knew something different. He knew something that everyone else couldn't know. Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus knew their motives. He knew what was inside of them because the outside was nearly spotless. But guess what? Jesus cares also about the inside. I think you probably know that. One time, Jesus had gotten so fed up with these Pharisees and these teachers of the law and how they were acting that he just kind of unloaded on them. You can read through it in Matthew chapter 23. But this is one of the things that he says to them. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. You see, Jesus uses a common example, a cup. On the outside, a cup can be nice and clean, but if the inside of the cup is dirty, then it's undesired. Think of a coffee cup, right? There's so many different designs you can have on a coffee cup, and on the outside they can look nice and glamorous and and beautiful and, and nice to look at. But if on the inside, what if in your coffee cup you never washed it? Well, maybe you cleaned up the outside a little bit because that's what people see. They see the outside of your cup. But what if you never cleaned the inside of your cup? All those coffee stains and, and everything, it would, just, it would be gross. And if people looked in there and saw that, they say, I don't care what the outside looks like. I don't want to use that cup. I don't want that cup. This is what Jesus is saying. He, he says, your outside, he's talking about your heart and your mind at this point, right? He says, your outside can be clean and lovely. But if the inside doesn't match up, then it doesn't matter. And this is where we all get tripped up. I think we do from time to time, because we care about the outside. We do. We, we, we care about the outside. We want our cups, our lives to, to look nice, and we want people to, to see our cups, and we want them to think that they're nice, but the truth remains the same. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like if the inside is dirty. Jesus cares about the inside, and that is why it is so Important, when we talk about being kind, the first thing that we need to realize is that we need to be kind with our thoughts. It makes no sense for us to sit here and for me to talk to you about how to be kind and ways to be kind if that kindness is coming from a cup that is dirty on the inside. We have to be clean on the inside. And so our thoughts become the primary place where kindness needs to begin. So here's the idea. What you think about when you think about someone matters. It does. And and this is, for many of us, this is hard. And the reason that it's hard is that you may have been trained that you can be cruel on the inside as long as you are kind on the outside. This is so dangerous. Here's one way to think of it. Have you ever got a phone call? Uh, that, that you see who's calling and you just don't want to talk to him. You, you see who's calling and you, and you think to yourself, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Or what do you want now? Or why are they calling me again? You, like internally, you are loathing the idea of talking to this person. Well, what happens when you answer the phone? You usually pick it up and you say something like, well, hello. Oh, how are you? Right? Like on the outside, you are friendly. Right? But on the inside, you're not. 
<laughs> Here's the idea. You've probably never thought that's a problem. You've probably never thought that, that that's any issue. You've been taught that the outside is more important than the inside. What happens in your mind, your thought process, it doesn't matter. Only what other people see or hear from you. Jesus disagrees with that. What you think matters. And it matters a lot. It might matter the most. What he said to these Pharisees is this. First, clean the inside of your cup. Then the outside will also be clean. And so if we are going to be kind in our thoughts then it will naturally come out on the outside. So how do we do that? Let me sit here and, and talk about this. How do we do that? How do we clean the inside? How do we be kind in our thoughts? So I'm, I'm going to guess that all of us have some work to do here because this is a struggle. How do we begin, begin to be more kind with the thoughts that we have about people? I think the Apostle Paul gives us an idea of this in Philippians chapter 4. He writes this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I love this verse, but it's such a hard one to live out. If we are going to think of these words in the context of how we think about people, I believe it could change everything. I really do. When you think about someone, Fix, fix your thoughts on them about what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Now, let's be real, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> Those words don't necessarily describe, probably, all the people in your life that you interact with. But we can't afford to be fake people. We need to be kind with our thoughts so that our kindness on the outside is genuine. That it's real. Focus your thoughts on the positive of people. We said this last week, to think of the best of people, to give them the benefit of the doubt. This is how you become kind with your thoughts. When Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, he was pointing out the hypocrisy of their inner self being flawed. Don't let that be us. Let's be kind to people and how we think of them. Hopefully, in return, we get the same. Here's the second idea that I have for you is that we need to be kind with our words. Be kind with your words. Words, words have started fights. Words have begun wars. They have destroyed relationships. They have manipulated people. They've caused pain. But words, they can also bring love and encouragement. Each of us would love for people to be kind with us, kind to us, with the words that they use, that doesn't always happen. But we, we can choose to be the type of people that are always kind with the words that we use. This is something, honestly, this is something that all of us deal with. Well, unless you're part of the mime club, then maybe the words that you can't use don't really determine your kindness level. But this is something all of us, we're right there. We, we need to work on this all the time with our kids my wife and I were telling them things like this. Well, we don't say that. Or that's not a nice thing to say, right? With children, they don't have this filter built in yet. They say what they think. Now, sometimes that can be really funny, right? <laughs> it can come out what they, what they say is really funny. But sometimes 
Also, sometimes it can reveal what they truly think, and that can be dangerous too. Maybe you've seen that. We try to teach them the appropriate things to say, please and thank you, but the words that come out on their own sometimes can be hurtful. In fact, that, that, that filter is missing. One time my daughter asked us a question. She said, is, is Papa Santa? We looked at her and said, well, why do you, why do you think that? What, like we were getting a little worried. Why do you think that Papa Santa? And she said to us, she goes, because he has a big belly. <laughs> so no filter, right? No, no filter. What's on the inside comes out. Adults, we've learned how to filter our words, right? But here's the deal. Here's what Jesus said about this. Matthew 15, Jesus said, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Your words come from your heart. From a child, this is obvious. We can see that. But this is why it is so important for us to be kind with our thoughts first, so that our words also become kind. Because it will manifest itself out into your words. There's also an importance to our words that Jesus spoke about As well, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Every word, every word spoken in the flesh, one day we will give an account for them. And so what you say matters. That's why it's so critical for us to be kind with our words. It matters enough that we are told to use our words for good. One of the verses that is so applicable to this is something that Paul wrote to the church body in Ephesus. He wrote wrote these words in Ephesians 4.29. You're probably familiar with these. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. These two sentences, are, pra- are, are they're packed with practical challenges that would make all of us more kind people. Let everything you say be good and helpful. In fact, I love how the NLT translates that into let everything you say. Because that phrase, everything you say, is one Greek word and it's a verb. It's ekporioo amahi. Now, I bet you didn't think I pronounced that correctly, but I spent a lot of time making sure I could do that. It means this, to be departed from. So it literally, like it means everything that comes out, everything that departs from your mouth, not just the purposeful words, but the accidental ones as well. Everything that you say should be good and helpful. That's how you become kind with your words, by letting everything that comes from your mouth be good And helpful, but listen, if you're like me, if you are anything like me, then you feel like you are missing the mark on this big time. In fact, I feel like a lot of the times I'm doing the exact opposite of that. The things I say are not good and they are not helpful. So I know that I need to work on this as well. I'm around people who are like this, that everything they say seems to be an encouragement to me. If you know people like that, they're awesome people. You 
like people like that. You like to be around them. They make you feel loved and accepted and cared for. We like people like that. Jesus was like that. The question is, how do the rest of us become like that? To be kind with our words. Let me give you three really, really, really quick ideas on what that looks like. Number one is this, to filter your thoughts. Now that may seem contradictory to what we just talked about, but the idea is this, don't tell Papal he has a big belly, right? And so it's easier said than done sometimes, but here's the idea. Proverbs 25 verse 11 says this, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. We can't say everything that comes to mind. We need to work on our minds and our thoughts. Yes, that, that is true. But we have to filter our thoughts, find the good and the helpful ones, and then say those at the right time. That's one way. Maybe the primary way to be kind with your words is to filter them before they come out. Number two is that we have to see the best in others. We've talked about this. Pastor Chris talked about this last week. But if we really want to get to the place where we are kind with what we say, we have to start seeing the good and not the bad in people. That's often a task. Here's what Paul said. He said, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Grace. Fill your thoughts and your words with grace and you will begin seeing the better parts of people and thus your words will be kinder. If our conversations were filled with grace and we gave people the benefit of the doubt, then naturally we would end up being more kind with the things that we say. So look for the positive in people and your words will be more positive. Third idea is this, speak life. I love how the message paraphrases these words from Proverbs 18:21. says, words kill Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Ultimately, it comes down to you making the choice, the choice to speak positive, kind words to people over sometimes what feels natural. That's how you become kind with your words. The real mystery, the mystery is whether or not you are going to make the effort to move yourself in that direction. Find some accountability. Do something to help yourself be better at this. Make the choice today to be kinder with your words. I hope that you do that. Let everything that you say, everything that comes from your mouth be good and helpful. Here's the last idea. Be kind with your actions. To be kind with your actions. This is the step that we all have to eventually make. But we have to go in order. We, we must be kind on the inside first, in our thoughts, right? And we must be kind verbally, knowing that ultimately that comes from the inside. But to be the hands and the feet of Jesus on this planet, we also have to be kind with our actions. Ultimately, kindness, kindness is an action. It needs to start on the inside, but it always manifests itself to the outside. And here's the cool thing about this, I think. Kindness is something that can make a lasting impact on someone. But realize it takes many shapes. Let me give you some personal examples. When I first moved here to Greenwood, I, uh, I showed up at the CLC and I wanted to play basketball in the league. And, but I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to get involved. I didn't know how to get on a team. And 
a guy named Brandon told me I could play on the team that he was on. And I said, well, you know, shouldn't you ask your team first? Or maybe shouldn't you, shouldn't you see me shoot a basketball before you just invite me onto the team? And he just told me, he said, yeah, I'll just tell them that if they want me to play, then you have to play too. Kindness, but with an action. After my wife and I had our son, my wife ended up back in the hospital with some complications. And uh, she had to have an emergency surgery. And it was a very scary moment for us. I remember being in that hospital waiting room. I was, I was terrified, hoping that my wife was going to be okay. I wasn't alone in that space. I wasn't, but I felt alone. I don't know if you know what that is like, but that's how I, that's how I felt. Then, Pastor Chris and Matt Goodpastor show up at the hospital, uninvited, talked with me, prayed with me while my wife was in surgery. They were just there. They were just there with me. That was kindness with an action. A couple of years ago, my wife and I were out to dinner <clears throat> celebrating our anniversary, and someone picked up our check. Now, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I saw someone from church there, so I'm pretty sure that's who it was. There was just kindness with an action. Here's the idea. When you are kind with the things that you do and how you care about people, it makes an impact on them. I, I remember these things. Like, I, I do. I, I remember them. I, I, they're all different levels of kindness displayed, right? I mean, from just an invitation to being there in a moment of, of struggle and just picking up a check. They're all, these are all different levels of of kindness from different people, but here's the idea. I remember these today. They, and this is the key, it shapes. It has shaped how I treat people because of the kindness that has been shown to me in many different ways. You can do this. You can make an impact in someone else's life. You can make a difference in someone's life with your kindness. In fact, God has already paved the way for you already. One of my favorite verses is Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait for us to be kind to him. He didn't. We, he decided to be kind to us and to love us while we were sinners. And he paved the way for salvation through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can one day spend an eternity in heaven. It doesn't matter where you find yourself today as a person. Someone who thinks that they have it all together or someone who feels very distant from God in many ways. God is going to extend his kindness to you. He is. He already has. And it will always be available for the rest of your life. That's the beauty of the gospel. And listen, if you are listening to this today, and you have believed that for some reason you need to get your life together or get things lined up before God will accept you, I'm here to tell you that's not how it works. It's just, it's just not. The gospel is, is that we don't have it together. In fact, the gospel is we can't get it together. 
We cannot get everything in line. We cannot get everything right for God to accept us. The gospel is, is that we can't, but Jesus has done it for us. His kindness overshadows your sins through Christ. Come to him. I'm, I'm begging you. Come to him today. If that is you, his kindness is ready and waiting for you. But for the rest of us, his kindness is his kindness towards us is the example for all of us, right? Of how we can be kind to the people around us with our actions. His kindness should propel us to be kind to the people around us with what we do. And so here's my question for you. What could be a way for you to be kind to someone in your life right now? I want you just to think about that just for a second. What could be a way for you to be kind to someone in your life right now? Because the chances are, the opportunities have been all around you. They've been all around you for a while. It could be a neighbor, it could be a friend, it could be a coworker, maybe it could be a relative that you could just be kind to, that you could just do something that's not asked for, but just a way to show the love of God tangibly through kindness. Let the kindness of God be reflected in your life with how you treat others. Here's the cool part about this. When you do this, you shape someone else's perspective of how they should live and treat the people around them. Isn't that what this is all about? Jesus said, do to others what you would have them do to you. And I don't know about you, but I sure do like when people are kind to me. I like it when someone lets me in on the road during traffic. I like it when someone holds the door for me. And by golly, I like it when someone picks up my check at a restaurant. This is the idea. If all of us, if we want people to treat us with kindness, then we have to begin to treat people with kindness. There's no way around it. I have to be those things as well. I have to show kindness in my life to the people around me. And to do that, our challenge is to be kind with our thoughts, to be kind with our words, to be kind with our actions. So that this world begins to reflect the light that Jesus came to bring. Those elementary kids who started the Just Be Kind Club. They probably didn't think through the ramifications of what would happen if everyone did just that. Just be kind to each other. Our world would begin to change. Hearts begin to change. This community would look more like the kingdom of God that Jesus ushered in. I, I want to be a part of that. I, I want to be a part of a movement of people that are trying to make the world better through being kind. I, I want to be a part of a movement that brings kindness as the characteristic that is expected from Christians. That's what I want to be a part of. So I'm going to make the resolution, golden resolution, to be kind to people. Now I want you to join me. Would you consider that? Would you consider 
intentionally trying to be more kind to the people in your life from the inside out, it might just make a lasting impact on somebody's life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for how you love us. Thank you for Jesus. We are so, so thankful that we have a God that loves us enough to send your son to this world to eventually give himself as a sacrifice for all of us so that we can spend an eternity with you. Your kindness to us is evident, Lord. I pray that that is what propels us to be kind to people in our lives. Help us, Lord, to do that with our thoughts, with our words, with our actions. Help us to just be kind to people, to change the world through kindness. Help, the, help our church, help Christians to be that. Help us to see the difference. And Lord, I pray that through that effort uh, of, of, of being kind, that we would see it return to us as well. We love you so much. We pray that you would help us to do these things. Ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.